بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Tonight inshallah we will continue speaking about the wars against the apostates that were commanded by the rule of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu he sent a number of different armies with different leaders to different parts of the Arabian Peninsula to fight against the wave of apostasy that gripped the Arabian Peninsula after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi So last week we spoke about how the Muslims retook Bahrain and Oman. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu he had sent an army to Bahrain, he had sent one to Oman, and alhamdulillah both of those expeditions were successful and the Muslims retook Bahrain and they retook Oman and we spoke about that last week today we will speak about the retaking of Yemen inshallah the retaking the retaking of the Muslims of Al-Yemen and the turmoil and chaos and problems in Yemen actually started before the passing away of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so towards the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, there started a number of problems in Yemen. And those problems were caused by a man named Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. And we'll speak about who he was in a bit, inshallah. Alright, but just as a refresher, if you remember during the lessons on the seerah, when we spoke about Yemen and how Islam came into Yemen, we mentioned that during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the ruler of Yemen was a Persian man because Yemen was actually under the umbrella of the Persian Empire at that time. So the ruler of Yemen was a Persian man that was appointed by the Kisra of Persia. So he appointed a man named Badan, a Persian man named Badan to rule Yemen. Now, while the Prophet ﷺ was still alive, he sent a letter to the Kisra, inviting him to Islam. And the Kisra, he tore up that letter of the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as this person ripped up my letter, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rip up his kingdom. So the Kisra's kingdom was destroyed shortly after that, the Kisra died and he, he lost control. So the Kisra died during the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ. Now Badan, who was appointed by the Kisra to rule Yemen, he saw what happened. He saw that the Prophet ﷺ sent this letter to Kisra and shortly after the Kisra rejected this letter, Kisra died. So Badan realized that, you know, this man, Muhammad ﷺ, he must be a messenger of Allah. So Badan accepted Islam. Badan accepted Islam. He became a Muslim and the people under his rule, they also became Muslims, walhamdulillah. So that is how Islam entered Yemen through the Islam of Badan. So Badan was kept in his position by the Prophet Now that Badan had become a Muslim, the Prophet kept him in charge of Yemen. He kept him in charge of Yemen and he ruled Yemen until his death. Badan died while the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was still alive. Badan died before the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. 
After the death of Bazan, the Prophet ﷺ divided the lands of Yemen into different parts and he appointed different rulers for each area. Before it was just Bazan ruling the whole land, but Yemen is huge. So after the death of Bazan, the Prophet ﷺ divided it into different sections and each section had a different person in charge. The capital of Yemen was Sana'a and in charge of Sana'a, the Prophet ﷺ appointed Shihr ibn Bazan, the son of Bazan. And this was actually an honor to Bazan. Bazan, he became a Muslim, he ruled according to Islam under the authority of the Prophet ﷺ and then Bazan died. So to honor Bazan, it was an honor for Bazan that the Prophet ﷺ kept his son, the son of Bazan, Shihr ibn Bazan, in charge of Sana'a. And Sana'a is the most important city in Yemen because it was the capital of Yemen. So Shihr ibn Bazan was appointed by the Prophet ﷺ to take Sana'a. The Prophet ﷺ also appointed Abu Musa al-Ash'ari to be in charge of Ma'rib. Ma'rib, it's another area of Yemen. Uh, Amir ibn Shihr was put in charge of Hamadan, which is another part of Yemen. So the Prophet ﷺ basically divided Yemen into different sections and he put someone in charge of each section. And the Prophet ﷺ, if you remember from, from the later lessons of the seerah, we spoke about how the Prophet ﷺ sent Mu'adh ibn Jabal to Yemen to teach the people of Yemen Islam and to also be a judge, to judge according to the Sharia ah in Yemen. So Mu'adh ibn Jabal an, he was sent by the Prophet ﷺ to, to teach and to judge in Yemen. All right. Now towards the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, something happened in Yemen. A man named Abhala from the tribe of Uns. And this man, his name was actually Abhala, but he was more commonly known as Al-Aswad. And he was from the tribe of Uns, so he is known as Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. So this man, Al-Aswad Al-Unsi, towards the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, while the Prophet ﷺ was still alive, Al-Aswad Al-Unsi in Yemen, he decided to revolt against the ruler. He decided to make a revolution. And he also claimed prophethood for himself. Al-Aswad Al-Unsi claimed that he was a prophet of Allah and he revolted against the rulers of Yemen. And he was actually followed by a big, huge tribe. He gained one big tribe as his followers. And this was the tribe of Madhaj. The tribe of Madhaj in Yemen, a big tribe. They followed Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. So once he had this following, he was able to form an army, a pretty big army. And he attacked Najran. And the Muslims who were in charge of Najran, they had to flee Najran. They had to leave Najran. So Al-Aswad Al-Unsi, he took over Najran. Then he went to Sana'a. He went towards the capital of Yemen. This is all still during the life of the Prophet ﷺ, while he's still alive. So the Muslims had taken Yemen, and now Al-Aswad Al-Unsi is taking it away from the Muslims during the life of the Prophet ﷺ. So he took Najran first, then he went towards the capital of Yemen, Sana'a. And he was able to take control of Sana'a as well. And he killed Shihr ibn Bazan. He killed the son of Bazan, 
who was appointed by the Prophet ﷺ to rule Sana'a. So Shihr was killed by Al-Aswad Al-Unsi, and Al-Aswad Al-Unsi took over the capital of Yemen now. So now he, he's at the seat of power in Yemen. He took over the capital, he killed Shihr ibn Badan, and he forcefully married the widow of Shihr ibn Badan. He killed Shihr ibn Badan, then he took his wife, and he forcefully married her against her will. She didn't want to marry him. She didn't want to marry him, but he forced her to marry him. So this was Al-Aswad Al-Unsi, and this is what he's doing. Then, after he took over Sana'a, he went towards Hadramaut, and he took over the lands between Sana'a and Hadramaut. Then he went north of Najran, and he started taking over lands in the north of Najran, until he reached close to At-Ta'if. So he's, you can, you can see the, the extent of how much land this guy is taking over. This is dangerous. And this is still during the life of the Prophet So he's taking over lands that the Muslims had already taken. So this is a big problem for the Muslims. And the Prophet he recognized that this is a big threat and this is a big danger. So the Prophet he knew that something had to be done about this. Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu was there in Yemen while this was all happening. Al-Aswad was taking over the lands. Mu'adh ibn Jabal was afraid that he would be captured by Al-Aswad. So he took refuge with Abu Musa al-Ash'ari. And as we mentioned, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari was appointed by the Prophet to be in charge of Ma'rib, which is another area of Yemen. So Mu'adh, he went to Abu Musa al-Ash'ari. And then Abu Musa and Mu'adh, they both, they both left Ma'rib. Because Al-Aswad Al-Unsi was going to take over that area as well. So Abu Musa and Mu'adh, they both, both left Al-Ma'rib and they went to Hadramaut. When they went to Hadramaut, Mu'adh radiallahu anhu, he was able to take refuge with a tribe called As-Sakasik. And Abu Musa, he took refuge with the tribe of As-Sukun. So Mu'adh was safe with the tribe of As-Sakasik in Hadramaut. And Abu Musa Al-Ash'ari was safe with the tribe of As-Sukun in Hadramaut. Alright, so now the news comes back to the Prophet ﷺ that this is what has happened. That Yemen is in turmoil. That this chaos has happened and Al-Aswad Al-Unsi has basically taken over Yemen. So the Prophet ﷺ realized the, the danger of this situation. So he sent a letter to the Muslims of Yemen. Abu Musa and Mu'adh and Al-Abna. Al-Abna, literally it means the sons. And it refers to the Persians who were in Yemen who had accepted Islam. The family of Badan, the sons of Badan and the, the relatives of Badan, those Persian Muslims who were in Yemen who had accepted Islam with Badan. So they were known as Al-Abna, the sons. So the Prophet sent, sent this, this communication to them as well, Al-Abna. And basically the Prophet in his letter he mentioned that this is a huge threat that we have from Al-Aswad. So you need to formulate a plan to get rid of this guy. We need to get rid of Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. We need to stop this fitna. And basically what that means is we need to find a way to kill Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. We need to find a way to kill this man, to get rid of the danger that he poses. So the Prophet ﷺ sent this letter to the Muslims of Yemen. All right. So after receiving this letter, 
a man named Fairuz, a Muslim named Fairuz. He was from Al-Abna. He was from the family of Badan, from those Persian Muslims who were in Yemen. So Fairuz, he decided that he was going to carry out this order of the Prophet ﷺ and get rid of Al-Aswat Al-Unsi. So Fairuz, along with two people who were helping him, they formulated a plan to assassinate Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. And Fairuz was the cousin of the wife of Shihr ibn Bazan. Shihr, the son of Bazan, he had a wife. And then Al-Aswad Al-Unsi killed Shihr and forcefully married Shihr's widow. So Shihr's widow, who is now forcefully married to Al-Aswad Al-Unsi, she is actually the cousin of Fairuz. Fairuz is a good Muslim, alhamdulillah, who is planning to carry out the command of the Prophet ﷺ to get rid of Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. So Fairuz goes to his cousin, who is now the wife of Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. And he tells her that we got this letter from the Prophet ﷺ and he wants us to get rid of Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. And she gets very happy. She gets very excited. She said, there's no one on this earth who is more hated to me than this man. I hate this guy. She didn't want to marry him, but he forced her to marry him. I never wanted to marry this guy. I hate him. And I will do whatever you want me to do to help you to get rid of this guy. So now she's in on the plan as well. So Fairuz tells her, okay, you need to tell us what is the best way to get to him. Of course, he has a lot of bodyguards. He has a lot of security. But you as his wife, you know the weak spots. You know where we can get in. You know when we can have an opportunity to get him and to kill him. She said, yes, I will, I will help you. And then she mentioned the layout of the castle. The layout of the castle where Al-Aswad Al-Unsi lived. She said it's a very heavy, heavily fortified castle. It's very secure. All of the gates and the doors are secure. But there is one door that is not secure. And you will be able to come in and enter through that door. So come in the middle of the night. Come in through that door. I will keep a light for you there. And I will keep a dagger for you there. So in the middle of the night, just come in through that door. Your weapon will be waiting for you there. And then... Once you come in, I will be waiting for you from the inside and I will take you to the room of Al-Aswad Al-Unsi where you can go and take care of what you need to take care of. So this was the plan Fairuz made with the widow of Shihr who was now forcefully married to Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. So in the night, Fairuz, he answered, he entered from the door that the woman had told him to enter from. And he found the weapon there, just like she said. And he found the light there. And then she was there guiding him on where to go. So he came inside and the wife of Al-Aswad took Fairuz to the room where Al-Aswad was sleeping. So now Fairuz, he has this dagger in his hand. He has his light. He enters the room. And, Fairu uh, and when, once Fairuz enters the room, he sees Al-Aswad Al-Unsi sleeping. He's fast asleep and he's snoring loudly. So he comes into the room, takes the dagger, and he digs it into the neck of Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. He stabs him in the neck. And when Al-Aswad Al-Unsi is stabbed in the neck, he makes a very loud sound. And the sound was like a bull being slaughtered. 
for any of you who has ever slaughtered a bull, you know the sound that it makes when it's being slaughtered. That's the type of sound that Al-Aswad Al-Unsi made when he was stabbed in the neck. So he made this loud sound. So obviously the security guards in the, in the palace, they come rushing towards the door of his room. But the wife, she's right there outside the door and she says, no, no, don't worry. You don't need to come in. He's okay. He is just receiving revelation. Remember, he claimed that he was a prophet. So she used this excuse. He's receiving revelation. That's why he's making these weird sounds. So she made this excuse. The guards accepted that and they left. So now Al-Aswad Al-Unsi, this false claimant to prophethood, he's dead. He was assassinated by Firuz radiallahu anhu. So the night goes by and the time for Fajr finally comes. When the time for Fajr comes, the Muslims, they call out the Adhan. They call out the Adhan. And the Adhan is a sign of victory, alhamdulillah. They call out the Adhan. And the Adhan had not been heard in Sun'a. The Adhan had not been heard in Sun'a since Al-Aswad Al-Unsi took control of Sun'a. So now the Adhan suddenly it's being called again for Fajr. So the people of Sun'a, they knew something has happened. What has happened? And by the time they realize it, Alhamdulillah, the Muslims have retaken control of Sun'a. So now the Muslims, they retook the capital of Yemen, they retook Sun'a and Al-Aswad Al-Unsi is dead. So now when Al-Aswad Al-Unsi was killed, Alhamdulillah, things in Yemen, they returned back to normal. Everyone was returned back to their lands. Abu Musa Al-Ash'ari, he went back to Ma'rib and the other rulers of the other parts of Yemen, they went back to their lands. Everything, Alhamdulillah, came back to how it was before Al-Aswad caused this fitna. So Yemen is stabilized once again. Now the only part of Yemen that doesn't have a ruler is Sun'a itself because Al-Aswad Al-Unsi, he actually killed Shihr ibn Badan. So now Sun'a does not have a ruler. So the Muslims of Yemen, they decided, okay, for now, until the Prophet ﷺ appoints someone new, for now we will put Mu'adh ibn Jabal. Mu'adh ibn Jabal who was sent to teach and to judge. They decided temporarily at least we will keep Mu'adh ibn Jabal as the ruler of Sun'a. So he took that position for the time being. And the Muslims of Yemen with this victory, Alhamdulillah, they sent a letter back to the Prophet ﷺ to inform him of the good news that yes, we have retaken Yemen and all of the lands that Al-Aswad Al-Unsi had taken, we have taken them back, Alhamdulillah. So they sent this letter to the Prophet ﷺ. But by the time that letter reached Medina, the Prophet ﷺ had just passed away. The Prophet ﷺ had just passed away and the letter it came to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq instead. So that was one of the first good pieces of news that came to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq at the beginning of his Khilafah that the Muslims have retaken Yemen, Walhamdulillah. But that's not the end of the story. Yemen was retaken, alhamdulillah, during the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ. But after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, a new problem came into Yemen. Just like other parts of the Arabian Peninsula were apostatizing, there was a man in Yemen who was considered a, a person of very high social status in Yemen, a man named Qais ibn Abd Yaghuth. Qais ibn Abd Yaghuth. After the death of the Prophet ﷺ, this Yemeni man, Qais, he became a murtad, he left Islam. And the old army of Al-Aswad Al-Unsi, that army that Al-Aswad Al-Unsi, the false claimant to prophethood, that army that he organized, Qais was able to remobilize that same army, the old army of Al-Aswad Al-Unsi, 
and he got that army to join him. So now Qais, this apostate, he has the old army of Al-Aswad Al-Unsi and he wants to take over Yemen now. So now the Muslims have just taken back Yemen from Al-Aswad Al-Unsi but now after the death of the Prophet وسلم, another plot comes from Qais ibn Abdi Aghuth to take Yemen again away from the Muslims. So Qais, he takes this army, the army of Al-Aswad Al-Unsi and he mobilizes them and he makes a plan his, the first thing he wants to do is to kill the Abna. He wants to kill the Abna. And as we mentioned, the Abna are those Persian Muslims who were in Yemen, the family of Bazan. So he wants to get rid of them first because he knows that they are people who have a high status because of their relationship to the former ruler of Yemen. So he wants to get rid of them. He makes a plan to kill the Abna, including Fairuz, who had killed Al Aswad al Unsi and Dadaway and Khashanj, these are some of, the, some of the big members of the Abna who are Muslims. So Qais, he wants to get rid of them, he wants to kill them. So how did he decide to kill these people? First of all, Qais, he left Islam, he became an apostate, but he kept it quiet at first. He didn't tell anyone that he has left Islam. So one day, he invited Fairuz and Dadaway and Khashanj. These were three of the the main members of the Abna, three of the very powerful Persian Muslims in Yemen. These are the three he wanted to get rid of immediately. So Qais invited these three for a feast. And they didn't know that he had apostated. They thought he's still a Muslim. So they accepted this invitation. But once they accepted this invitation and they were there, he tricked them and he killed Dadaway. He killed Dadaway, but Fairuz and Khashanj, they were able to escape. They were able to escape, alhamdulillah. And Qais tried to hunt them down. He tried to follow them to kill them. But they were able to take refuge in the tribe of Khawlan. They were able to take refuge in the tribe of Khawlan and they were safe there. So Qais was unable to kill Fairuz and Khashanj. But he did kill Dadaway. Now Qais, he has the old army of Al-Aswad Al-Unsi. He goes to Sana'a and he takes over Sana'a. So he takes Sana'a again away from the Muslims. So the Muslims had it during the time of Badan. Then Al-Aswad Al-Unsi took it. Then the Muslims took it again. And now Qais took, takes it back from the Muslims again. So look at what's going on in Yemen. This is chaos. It's turmoil. So now Qais and his army, they take Sana'a away from the Muslims again. Once they take Sana'a away, they expelled all of the Abna from Yemen. Any Muslim Persians who were still in Sana'a, they expelled them. They said, you have to leave Yemen. And they took over all of their wealth. So this is a big problem. Now when Fairuz heard that this is what Qais ibn Abdi Aghuth is doing. Qais ibn Abdi Aghuth is, is expelling the Abna from Sana'a. Fairuz knew he had to go and save his family. Because his family, other members of his family, they were still there. Even though he personally had taken refuge in the tribe of Khawlan, his family members were still there in Sana'a. So he, ne he knew he needed to save them. So he was able to get support from Bani Uqail ibn Rabi'ah from the tribe of Iq. He was able to gain support from them and to form an army from them to go and save his family, to go to Sana'a and save his family. And Alhamdulillah, he was able to save his family. He was able to save his family. And now, now that he has an army actually, he decided he would go and confront Qais and fight Qais as well. Around the same time, 
Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, he had prepared an army to go to, he had prepared an army as well to go to Yemen and to fight Qais and to help the Abna to fight Qais. Abu Bakr is sending an army from Medina. So Fairuz, he has his army from within Yemen. And Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, he's sending another army from Medina. Also around the same time, Ikrima ibn Abi Jahl, he finished his business in Oman, as we spoke about last week. Ikrima ibn Abi Jahl, he was one of the commanders who took back Oman. Once that was finished, he also headed towards Yemen. So now, alhamdulillah, the Muslims, are, the Muslims have three armies. Feruz army from within Yemen, the army of, that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq is sending from Medina, which was under the leadership of Al-Muhajir ibn Abi Umayyah, that's coming from Medina. And Ikrima ibn Abi Jahl, his army is coming from the east, from the direction of Oman. So they have an army coming from Medina, an army coming from Oman, and an army from within Yemen, all Muslims. So Alhamdulillah, these three armies, they're able to meet each other and they're able to form one big army now. Alhamdulillah. So these three armies, they all joined forces and they became one big army and they fought Qais. They fought Qais ibn Abd Yaghuth. And they were able to defeat him easily. Alhamdulillah. They were able to defeat him. They killed many members of his army. And they took Qais ibn Abd Yaghuth as a prisoner. They were able to capture Qais ibn Abd Yaghuth as a prisoner, alive. And they were also able to capture Amr ibn Ma'di Yakarib. Amr ibn Ma'di Yakarib. He actually was a very well-known warrior of the Arabs. The Arabs used to say that this one man, he is equivalent to 1,000 soldiers. He was a great warrior. And he had accepted Islam, alhamdulillah. But then he became a murtad. He became an apostate. And he joined the army of Qais. So... When the Muslims were victorious in this battle, they were able to take Qais ibn Abd Yaghuth himself as a prisoner, and they were also to cap they were also able to capture Amr ibn Ma'di Yakarib, this great warrior who had apostated from Islam. They were able to capture him as a prisoner of war as well. So they caught two very important people. And they sent them to Medina. They sent them to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu So once they reached Medina, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu he questioned them and he spoke to them. And both of them admitted their mistake. Both of them repented. And Alhamdulillah, both of them came back to Islam. Qais, he became a Muslim again. And also Amr ibn Ma'di Yakarib, he also accepted Islam again. Alhamdulillah. So Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anh, he pardoned them because they accepted Islam again. And he sent them back to Yemen. He sent them back to Yemen as free men. Now, and now Alhamdulillah, Yemen once again was back under the control of the Muslims, alhamdulillah, things had stabilized in Yemen once again. So you see here, step by step, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anh, he's taking back all of the Arabian Peninsula. He took Yamama, he took Bahrain, he took Oman, now he took back Yemen. So all of these wars, alhamdulillah, they have been successful and Islam is returning as the dominant religion in, Arabian, in the Arabian Peninsula once again, alhamdulillah. So this is the story of the turmoil in Yemen and how, alhamdulillah, the situation of Yemen was stabilized during the time of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Inshallah, next week we will continue more with the khilaf of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Wallahu alam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.